Welcome to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. Each week, we feature interviews, information, and inspiration that will motivate you to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley, selfless syndrome expert, board-certified women's health coach, and alternative medicine practitioner, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I specialize in health for busy and driven women. Listen weekly as I share the tools, perspective, and knowledge you need to lose weight, boost your energy, and fall in love with yourself so that you can serve the world with an even bigger impact. Hello, welcome back to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I am beyond excited today. I'm always excited about my guests, but I'm actually really excited about this one. She is one of three names I wrote down at the beginning of the year that I really wanted to bring on the show. And so I'm very honored to introduce Dr. Anna Kebeka. She is a triple board certified um, and fellow of gynecology and obstetrics, integrative medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She has special certifications in functional medicine, sexual health, and bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And for the past 20 years, she's served 10,000 plus women in their her private practice and millions more through her books, online videos, and articles. And when her own health took a tumble um, during menopause, she sought out the wisdom of the healers around the world, which we're going to talk about today. She learned that modern medicine and time-tested natural remedies are not at odds. Working together, they create indisputable results and true well-being. And she uses delicious healing foods and simple lifestyle changes and was able to reclaim her own health and now teaches others to do that and has a new book coming out that relates to all that. So Dr. Anna, welcome to the show. It is great to be here with you, Alex. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's, I know we have like a lot of directions that we are probably going to cover on all of this, but let's maybe start with some of your story around your menopause journey. And I know it, it kind of took you on this traveling experience and what that has taught you or enlightenment that you had around any of that. Cause I know it's a journey for all of us. It is, it's a journey and, and each of ours will look different from someone else's. And my journey came about post-traumatically at age 39, diagnosed with early menopause and infertility. And I was 39. I trained at one of the best universities I had done so much, and I was practicing in a rural area. So I was the reproendo for my patients. I was the generalist for my patient. I was their surgeon. I was, I was also the first only woman physician in the area that I practiced in McIntosh County. And so, um, you know, and I was solo, so I had to learn things on my own and I was considered myself so well educated, so well studied. And then my own journey, 39 early menopause, irreversible infertility, failed the highest doses of injectable meds. And it was honestly devastation on devastation. And um, our reproductive endocrinologist, a colleague of mine, he said, you know, Anna, the only option you have at this point to possibly conceive would be egg donation. And that's how, that's at the end of the line we were. And so I, um, thought we thought about it and this was not an option for us at the time. I was, it was, I was grieving. I was grieving upon grieving. And that took me on a journey around the world. And you mentioned you have my book, The Hormone Fix. And I talk a little bit about the reasons for all of this and, and, you know, hindsight, but more of my story in there, but I, it, this journey around the world took me to, it took me to Peru. My, one of my nurses had been a nurse midwife in Peru 
And so I stayed with her family in um, Lima, Peru. And then we went to Cusco and Lago Titicaca and, and Machu Picchu. And I learned from the indigenous healers there that if you're not feeling good, drink maca. If you're infertile, drink maca. If you're, you know, tired or your baby's not thriving, give it some maca. And um, they'd elbow my husband at the same time and wink and say, hey, it's the Peruvian Viagra, right? So like, of course, we're going to drink some maca, right? But I couldn't stand the taste. So I started wondering, I was like, why is this you know, I'm a scientist, I'm Western trained, but I'm also at the osteopathic medical school background. And my first generation American with my mom from the Middle East and food was medicine to her. Food was medicine to her. And so, um, and, you know, and I, and I witnessed where her um, instructions as, um, as a diabetic with the American Diabetes Association was actually very destructive was actually very destructive to her. And she struggled many years dying prematurely at a young age of 67. So, um, so I think like I had all of that information and experience. I started looking, okay, well, what, you know, what makes this different? What, you know, other superfoods can help and, you know, what other wise, you know, uh, people can we learn from? And in Peru also, they have, um, a totem essentially of the snake, the puma and the condor. Have you ever heard of this? I don't think I have. It's really um, interesting. So the Andean yeah. in Andean philosophy, um, they say that in our life, we, you know, have the majority of a third of at least of our life, we're the snake. And, but as a snake, you know, you shed your skin every year. And so that shedding of the skin is symbolic for, shedding fear, shedding anger, shedding regrets, shedding shame, moving forward fresh. And we can do that on a daily basis. Each day is new, right? Each day is new, a new opportunity to make mistakes, I always say. So, um, so it's the first as the snake. And then as you go on, you are individual, you're unique. Yes, you live in community, but you're like the puma. You have your own path your own path, your own way, your own giftings, your own talents, your own energy. It's your adventure. So as the Puma, and then from there, the spiritual growth in the latter third of our lives, high spiritual growth connected like the condor to God. This the condor is like, has like a 11 foot wingspan. It's this bird that flies that's, you know, just huge, like an eagle, eagle, but with 11, you know, huge bird. You're like, how does it even take air? And it's that content concept of being that spiritual connection, that connection with God and how that's a part of our lives and part of our philosophy and many, much part of our history. And so I, I thought that was, that was a fascinating learning experience as I traveled around the world and then to, you know, Australia and Brazil and to, um, in Indonesia and in so many different places. And through that journey, I met serendipitously with so many healers and learned about healing foods and that process. And as part of that result of um, those interactions, I, I naturally reversed that early menopause diagnosis. And after failing multiple rounds of injectable fertility treatments, I naturally became pregnant with my daughter, Ava Marie. So, and she was born healthy and wise. And now I'm 55 with a 14 year old. So here's the <laughs> hormone balance. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there's that, but it's, 
you know, there's so much power. And I actually, I didn't know that um, somehow I think I missed the story in, in your original book just around that. But, you know, it's to me, it's really inspiring to just hear that you've, you're one of those people who's had the, the you know, what many consider, message. Yeah, consider a miracle and, and been able to move into that. So that's really powerful and really awesome. So for those listening, you touched on many points and I've, I've had a few other women on um, where we've talked about kind of the journey of menopause and perimenopause and, you know, this move into like, it's kind of like this age of wisdom and, you know, really embracing like a new level of power and journey, but there's so many layers to this of getting healthy, no matter where you're at, whether you're in the, you know, perimenopause phase or like I'm 37. So I'm not quite moving into that, but probably going there soon. So for all of our listeners, you know, let's just kind of give a little guidance to like, what, what does this journey look like for each of us? What are some of the the things that we can start to do to just be as healthy as we can be, no matter what stage we're in? Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's so critical yeah. because hormone imbalance changes start early. And by the way, you look like you're in your twenties. Like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, and I the other that. thing is with your experience with the Indian health service and native Americans in uh, Alaskans, I'm curious, how do they view older women post reproductive years? It's, you know, it's, I mean, the elder, like, what do you, it's not really worship, but just, uh, uh, elders considered. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. That's a good word. Reverence is, is really prevalent and oddly they are still a matriarchal society in some ways. Like, you know, my husband's family, for those listening, I, I haven't talked about this all that much on the show, but he's at the Baskin native, um, in Alaska. So, you know, his, most of his aunts and right now his cousin is chief of their village, which I find really awesome. And just, you know, there, there's these super powerful, incredible women, you know, in their society and what's odd about it. And we don't have to go here, but, um, with one of my clients I've been talking through, you know, there's such a prevalence of domestic violence and sexual abuse. And it's like this weird disparity that exists between the two. And so, you know, I've been giving lots of thought to like, how do we start to heal all this? And I think some of it, you know, lies in our power as women and really connecting with that. And probably we can tie to hormone balance in some way, but that's. um. I think, I, I think there's care. a part of that. There's a dynamic power struggle between strong women and men, right? right? So owning strength as a woman with kindness and gratitude and also elevating other women. I was just at a medical conference here in, in Dallas, and it was a scientific society on sexual health and wellness. And um, and I felt like such animosity between women. And I've been like, for years, I've been with osteopathic physicians, integrative medicine physicians, functional medicine, all of us trying to, anti-aging physicians, all of us trying to get in. And I've certainly been to the OBGYN society meetings. But this one was really interesting. I felt like such a um, competition and a competitiveness instead of a camaraderie. And women can be terrible about that. And we have to recognize as women, we need to trust each other, believe each other, and you know, collaborate versus compete. I'm all for healthy competition. I want to be the best I can be. And ultimately I'm competing with myself under an audience of one, like strong faith in God. So like, so it's me and God, right? So, 
but you know, you know, there's that healthy competition there too, but I'm, I'm here to help, right? I want to elevate everyone. I want to empower other women. I want to empower these physicians to take blinders off and, you know, extend a hand. And I think this is, this is a really important um, piece where, you know, at times of stress, we're going to hit that primal survival stage. So here we're in the middle of a pandemic. Again, I've not seen this animosity in, in conferences. I think this was the most significant one. And so I think maybe because we're in a pandemic and when we're under stress, we're going to hit that primal brain. There's Dr. Martinez. I interviewed him on my uh, girlfriend doctor show, and he talks about uh, neuroendocrine immunology. And one of the things he says, when you're stressed, you're going to have those primitive instincts. And it was so cool because I had just like at the beginning of the pandemic, I bought this fire pit. And he said, you know, it's like sitting at a fire. I'm like, I just bought a fire pit. I was tapping into that innate wisdom. How cool is that? Right. And so, um, so it's also for women, it's a competition. I've got to procreate. I need to be provided for, I need to, you know, survive. And I've got to make sure that, you know, I, you know, eliminating the competition. And I wonder if that's not part of it too. So I think it's it's really fascinating. And what I, I think older women are revered because number one, they've survived. And number two, at some point, like we revere women who are kind and queenly, right? We think of what are queen characteristics? What are elegant characteristics that are elegant, sophisticated? We revere women like that throughout history, Mother Teresa, I mean, oh my gosh, you know, like a spirit of a 20 year old and, you know, in the body of a hundred year old and God bless her, right? Bless her soul. So we, we revere women with kindness, but she was strong. She was not a pushover, right? And right. so like, how do we, you know, support other women in becoming their best version of themselves for the rest of their lives? And I, I think it's really fascinating because I have seen the shift during this pandemic into more competitive nature. And I wonder if it's not activating the hindbrain, um, our primitive um, responses. It's fascinating. I think too, as I've traveled around the world and which I, which I love, and I haven't um, experienced the Alaskan native. So I'm glad to have your input. Um, as I've traveled around the world, it's, oh, and to touch on that too, when women communicate openly and trust each other, that abuse will stop that abuse will stop. That will have to stop. When we step into our power, we communicate and support other women. We will not let that happen to a sister. We will not let that happen to a daughter. We have to feel that confidence and strength within ourselves and, um, and step into our power as women putting, you know, our, you know, let's not putting other people in place per se. It's putting us in the right place, space and mentality. And, um, and so like in my journeys around the world, I've seen many women in their you know, very elder years, beautifully wrinkled with smile lines, laugh lines. I mean, I remember in Peru at Lago Titicaca, seeing a woman, you know, beautifully wrinkled, you know, I mean, she had just all these amazing wrinkles. She, I have no idea how old she was, 70, 80, 90, 100, I have no idea. And we're climbing up 100 steps to the top of where this lake is, this beautiful mountain lake. 
And she speeds by me with a case of bottles of water on her head and looks at us, smiles, and keeps on going up the hill. And I'm like, (sighs) you know, really struggling. I'm like, no one told her that she's too old to do that. No one gave her a motor cart, you know, vehicle, motorized vehicle to ride up that hill. I mean, she took, she takes the initiative, right? And she is happy. She's happy. Happiness is an internal choice and environment versus an external one. And so through in my new book, Menu Pause, I certainly include food as medicine from around the world, but also some of those stories because, you know, women around, you know, women inspire me. And I want to understand like what creates this elegance, this grace, this kindness, and, um, and this longevity. It's not enough to live a certain number of years. It's enough. It's more important to enjoy them. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I wasn't planning to go here today, but, and then we can kind of bring things into into your new book, but something I'm so interested in, and and maybe you have some input around this. Like I I talk a lot on the show about what I call selfless syndrome. And so that's the innate desire we have to just give and give and give and give of ourselves. And, but we, in the process, stop taking care of ourselves and ultimately, you know, bad things happen. Health falls apart. Yeah, complete. Yeah, me too. Um, That's a hard part of how I got started doing this. And so it's like finding that balance of, you know, there is loving and kindness and we are nurturing like by nature as women and not crossing over that line where we take it too far and just like completely ignore ourselves. So I don't know what kind of input you have on, on that dichotomy, but you know, I meet so many women and so many of who I work with are are kind of in this later moving into that second stage of life where it is all about wisdom and, you know, reverence and like they are, can be, we can choose to be that wise being and, and, you know, really step into that. And so many of us struggle with that because by that point, we don't even know who we are anymore. And it's just been all about everyone around us. Um, so, so true. Yeah, that is so true. Sometimes we don't even know what we're feeling. We don't even, you know, can't even tap into our feelings. And I think it's really important to, I would say, you know, what do you know to be true right now? And like just taking a breath in that, what do I know to be true right now? I'm completely comfortable um, having this amazing conversation. And when there's sun shining outside, right, I've got oxygen to breathe. Like that can be enough, right? That can be enough. It's often what do we know to be true right now and thinking about you know what gives us grace what get where do we feel love in our life what are we grateful for and that's a practice i mean i was depressed i will say stress depressed and my hormones were a mess and i was spiraling down i mean you know over a decade ago i couldn't do what i'm doing now i couldn't i was i, I didn't even know how i could survive a day and and really was very sad, isolated, depressed, alone, burnt out completely. And I don't, I'm not glad that you burn out or I burn out, but I'm glad we rose from the ashes, like a phoenix from the ashes. And I think of that and I want to give women that visual. I mean, sometimes we do have to go through a, a complete transformation. And sometimes we don't. We, you know, staying true to ourselves, our being and getting in touch with that internal wisdom and intuition. It's a process. I'm trying to teach that to my daughters now. Like, what do you know to be true right now? What do you have to do? What do you want to do? What do you love doing? Right. And let's, let's differentiate those that we keep perspective. You know, who do you love being with when you're around them? Do you feel loved or do you feel obliged? Let's focus on that. And it also is a check and balance in me. I hope they're not feeling obliged to me. Well, sometimes. So 
you know, they, I mean, that's that piece too. And so I think that's in a really important piece, the selfless um, nature of giving. I mean, there's so much, there's oxytocin in giving, right? There's, it's the bell curve. There's the, the sweet spot and then there's way too much. And I think that's where you have to say, you know, where, where do you, where do you stop? And I, the thing that helped me do what I'm doing. And I mean, just in the middle of a pandemic, I left my home in Georgia for the past 21 years and moved to Texas now on week. Cause my youngest, this miracle child, and she um, is a horse, she's a horseback rider. She does barrel racing. And so now I'm driving a Ford F-350 dually truck on the weekends, hauling a horse trailer. It's not me. I had a Mercedes, you know, I mean, like, forget it, you know, so it's, it's a different life, but I'm, I'm 55 and I'm able to do that. I'm strong enough to do that. Right. Yeah. And that's important to me. I wasn't like, forget, I could hardly get out of bed over a decade ago. So I say that to just let women know, you know, the physiology makes a difference. Our physiology affects our behavior and our behaviors affect our physiology. Actually in my um, Instagram reels, you guys follow me there. It's at the girlfriend doctor. It's where I keep track of my kids. So I'm there a little bit too much, but, um, I did something on it's discipline over desire. It is like sometimes it's discipline over desire. It's like, I don't want to go work out. I, you know, don't want to eat right, but it's the disciplines that we create that will trump that want or not want to. And I think that's really important that we create these disciplines for me and in my practice and what I've identified that works for us, especially in perimenopause and beyond it's the, I call it the keto green way. It's breaking up with sugar. It's intermittent fasting to get into autophagy. And it's, you know, it's doing things that increase the most powerful hormone in our body, oxytocin. And so, um, so when it comes to that concept of like, how much do I give? How much, you know, do I help others? I mean, it is true that if we are giving from an empty cup, no one's benefiting, no one's benefiting. And that's a different energy. We have to create a positive energetic charge. And that comes physiologically. We are energetic, organic beings. We can have a negative, you know, gross weekend energy, or we can have a very positive, strong energy. And doesn't matter where you are right now, it can be stronger tomorrow by these disciplines and practices that will get us there. You don't even have to want to do it, but do it. And then eventually you'll want to do, but like, oh my God, I feel so amazing. Yeah, no, it's very true. Like there's always that period of like, oh, this is so hard and I don't want to do it. And I just want the chocolate and all that stuff. And I've gone through, you know, I went off sugar the first time when I was 17. So I've oh done gosh. this period periodically in my life. And like, but you reach a point on the other side where it's like, oh, that was totally worth it. Cause I feel yeah. awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm on my like, I forget what, how many days now, but it's been over a week with no wine, because I'm in the season of Lent. And yeah. I'm in a book launch. And I know that if I have a glass of wine, I'm not going to want to do my 6am workout in the morning. Right? right. And so it's those disciplines ugh, that overcome the designer, I was looking desire and I had, you know, oftentimes I will cut out alcohol when I'm detoxing and everything. But, and I love the research that shows a wine and, you know, a glass of wine here and there is beneficial to the friends you're drinking it with. That's beneficial. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's some truth to that actually. And maybe we'll get your input. I've, I forget where I learned this. It was in, I'm originally a chiropractor was my original hat, but in one of my continuing classes, we talked about, you know, how women 
deal with stress is we actually tend and befriend more than we fight or flight. I don't know if you're familiar with us, but mm-hmm. like we need to sit down with a glass of wine and just talk. Um, and sometimes that's more beneficial. And I was also going to just get your input around, cause I, I talk quite a bit about, you know, there's doing the things that we should do to be healthy. And there's also like a lot of the listeners on this show are the type A high performers, which I have a feeling you and I both fit into this category. And there's like doing it too far. It's like, start running, don't train for the marathon. Like there's a, there's a level of yes, push yourself, but to an extent where it's sustainable and not, you're also pushing yourself towards burnout. So I don't know if you have any input or thoughts around. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's where are you right now? What's your red dot? How are you feeling? And I've gone through this too, because, you know, felt like amazing. And I started doing this hot yoga class and it's such a high again, never wanted to go exercise. It's not a desire thing. It's a discipline thing. But eventually I got into like, I couldn't wait. I get up at 6am, do my hot, you know, yoga workout, but I wasn't replacing electrolytes, a few things. Anyway, I started get. I had tinnitus, like the so ringing in, you know, dizziness, like uh, and ringing in my ears and vertigo, and I started experiencing that. I'm like, okay, I have to back off a little bit. Then I was, uh, then I got shingles, and I was like, oh, got to back. You know, maybe I've over, you know, I've overtrained in this environment. So I backed down. And so actually just a couple of weeks ago, I just started going one or twice, once or twice a week, but that was a problem too because you know, then you're out of it too much. But I started going back this week and I am much stronger. I'm much stronger. And I just decided to skip a day between these intense yogas and do something different. Maybe I earn it by going for a walk on my day off instead of doing something intense because my body is like, you're in a book launch. Okay. We're, you're going to, you don't need to be pushing out cortisol. You need to be increasing oxytocin. Ooh, maybe if I tried a laughing yoga class, that might be a good option. I'll see if there's one. Oh, and pole dancing. That might be super fun too. <laughs> we have to try these other things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs> it is. That reminds me. I, um, I got a spin bike for Christmas. And so it's had me be, you know, more active in the cardio way but um so I have the Peloton app and one of the things they have is like dance cardio and I do not dance I'm so uncomfortable with it but my son was driving me nuts I'm like we're doing dance cardio and um it was so much fun <laughs> so sometimes it's just because you know you have to like go outside your and just do it <laughs> yep go outside your, and I'm glad your son's doing it with you and I would say you were you were born to dance right? Look at children. You just play some music and you're born to dance. So it's opening yourself up to that, that flirty spiritual nature. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, again, that's based on my faith, but the Holy Trinity, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, the mother, you know, you have also mother earth and you have the spiritual wind energy, native Americans, they have, um, all four elements, you know, and also North, South, East, West, but all four elements are looked at and each that's part of us. We're organic material. So how are we igniting the fire, the wind, you know, how are we doing that in our versus earth and water? You know, there's grounding and, and fluidity, but fire and wind, wind is such a spiritual energy. That's the play energy. And to have balance in our life, we need all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I learned too, from traveling around the world. I mean, different ways that we speak about it, 
based on maybe culture or religion or whatever, but the philosophy, the ground root is there. Another thing that was really powerful, I don't know if you've talked about this on your uh, podcast at all, but where the body traps its energy, where the body holds energy. That's something I learned from, you know, all, you know, four different corners of the world, from a Native American shaman, from an Andean philosopher and an Indonesian healer. They all said the same thing. They said the same thing. And they said, your breast hold the energy of relationships. Your liver hold, you know, holds anger, hate. Yeah. Your pancreas holds guilt and your kidneys hold fear. And that blew my mind. That's so powerful. And of course, the kidneys make sense. The adrenal glands sit above the kidneys, and that's our fight or flight responder. Fight, flight, or freeze. For women under stress, sometimes it's freezing. Sometimes it's not speaking, right? right. Sometimes, and it's that need to escape, right? But sometimes we freeze. And so, so it, it was very fascinating to learn that. And it gave me another perspective when I had example, in my medical practice, I had a patient who came up with recurrent pancreatitis and she was a nurse. She'd been on recurrent antibiotics and been treated and this, that, and the other thing. And of course, you know, she's in to see me as a gynecologist. And I said, what are you feeling guilty over? Because pancreas holds the energy of guilt. And she just looked at me. She's like, what's this doctor asking me this question? She started crying, crying and just nodding her head, crying, crying. I said, you know, so we talked about that, but I wouldn't have known to even ask that question. And so I think it's really, I think it's empowering to understand that, you know, we've got a lifetime of lessons to learn and each day we can learn something new and exciting and get better and get better. There's no giving up. There's no over the hill. There's no downhill. I've seen miracles. I've seen disease reversed extensively in patients who are 70, 80, 90 years old. So especially in infertility, you know, reversed and so many things. So I really encourage people, no matter where they are to, you know, identify their next right step and not give up hope and to really hold on to hope because that, that's, that is a powerful energy. It is. Yeah. And I love that you bring up and talk about, you know, the different energies of the bodies and how our emotions also play into that. I'm in a PhD program in integrative medicine that's based in quantum physics. And so we talk a lot about, you know, and it's not even just shock. Like, and I I'm Christian by faith, but like, it's, we all have, so I get some people who are like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. It, this is, there's reality, you know, there's different places where we hold different energy in our bodies and we have to be able to have that energy all flowing and moving outward and there can be too much and there can be too little. And when we have symptoms, it will affect different areas of our bodies and our organs, you know, especially with digestive system and our heart and our thyroid and all this stuff. And it can be tied to our energy centers and our emotions and whether or not we're expressing ourselves. So all interrelated. I remember being college student and I believe energy medicine. I mean, this is why we don't understand hormones as well as we should. And I look at all ways to test hormones, serum, saliva, urine, each way can tell me something different. And it is a great, um, it's a great thing to understand, but, but hormones are energetic molecules until we can really understand the energy of hormones, then we won't really, um, understand hormones completely. And I think that's really important. So I love the whole quantum physics and energy medicine. It's, it's the next genre of medicine has to be because we're not doing so good, you know, in our advanced Western medical 
field either. So I think that's really an important factor. Another thing is that um, with, you know, our hormones, understanding the hormone physiology of stress and how stress depletes progesterone, our, you know, our neuroprotective hormone, when the mother hormone within our body and stress will deplete progesterone completely. And so it's important to recognize that too. Yeah. I actually, those watching the video, the eight-year-old who just came and made himself known. He was actually born five weeks early and I couldn't figure out why and couldn't figure out why. And I've talked about this on the show some, but I was under a lot of toxic stress. So sad. Um, my ex was an alcoholic and I also had a crazy person I was working for. And ultimately what I finally researched enough and realized was the level of stress caused my progesterone to drop. And that's when labor starts. And so he mm-hmm. came five weeks early and that was, you know, and we don't realize the impact that a lot of that stuff can have. And it's interesting because I'm an obstetrician by training, but also thinking of generational medicine and when, you know, and also because of my pregnancy with my daughter, that was just a miracle. And I was still in full blown PTSD at that time. So I, um, I, you know, in pregnancy, when we're under stress, we can live off their adrenal glands. We can absolutely live off their adrenal glands. They can be life-saving to us. And I recognize this in, you know, in, in children of really stressed moms and, you know, having, having that myself, it's like, you have to focus on the adrenal glands. You've got to cut out sugar. They're going to be more likely to crave sugar and crave sweets. They need the healthy, the keto green approach. They need the healthy essential fats. They need high quality protein. They do not need carbs. They need the adaptogen, adaptogenic food, nose to tail to nurture, nurture their, their adrenal glands too. And I I think it's such a miracle of life. I still continue to learn and witness and, um, you know, be blessed to, you know, be in this, in this process and in this time of, of our lives to be able to witness this and learn, continue to learn. I think it's fascinating. It really is. And yeah, I really appreciate all you have to say. So and we've had like a really awesome in-depth conversation, but let's actually talk about your book and, you know, what, so first let's talk about what is Keto Green for those who haven't, you know, come across your work before. Yeah. Keto Green, you may have heard about ketogenic diets and ketogenic diets could be bacon and butter. You could drive through and get burgers from Whataburger. I've heard someone speak on stage about that. Actually, I'm doing keto, just drive through and get the burger without the bun. And I'm like, Oh my God, you know, God bless you men. Men have 10 times as much testosterone. They have a little bit more, you know, cushion than we do as women. I mean, this is the wrong way to do keto. So there's the right way for women. And that is with the alkalinizers. I have all my clients check your pH. These are, you know, keto pH test strips, cost pennies, not expensive at all. Check your urine, get the urine pH alkaline. Alkalinity is a grounding physiology. It's an anti-inflammatory physiology. It's uh, associated with high immune system. And we want to create physiology that is inhospitable to cancer and autoimmune disease. Urine pH is key because there's something creating acidity. It could be cortisol, could be our diet. It could be a food sensitivity. It could be dehydration. And you're going to be able to see, well, how well, and it could be your thoughts, toxic thoughts. All of that can cause an acidic urine pH. And the contrary is to anything we can do to alkalinize dark green leafies, vegetables, things like that. And alkalinizing practices 
can increase alkalinity. So oxytocin increasing practices, things that bring pleasure, laughter, joy, connection, you know, is, is alkalinizing. And you can actually see your physiology shift in your urine pH. So you feel it. And then getting into ketosis at the same time, I don't think it's just a good idea. I think it's mandatory for a healthy menopause and beyond. And perimenopause when those symptoms, you know, even before the symptoms start, it's, it's important. So so that's the concept of keto green. It's like two or three meals, no snacking, 13 to 16 hours between dinner and breakfast, usually, and sometimes more, sometimes less. And, um, and so when working with clients, that, that saved my life. Honest to God, this saved my life when I was 48 years old and had spiraled back down into full-blown PTSD, sleeping three hours a night and brain fog, mood swings, irritability. And I had a single, I was a single mom raising kids solely responsible and burnout from my medical practice and then near broke because I needed to keep everyone employed. But I was, I was like, I'll go back in a month. And I, you know, that I kept everyone employed. So of course it depleted my um, finances, but it was important to me to take care of my team. And that's the mother part, right? That's the selfless part. But yet again, there's a balance there. You know, I should have had a really clear boundary around that, but I've learned and it's been beneficial. So, um, so, so with that, you know, the plus the weight gain without doing anything different, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And that led me into this journey to do the keto green and to comp, to create this and study it and understand it and experiment in people's lives with it. And that's, that's the whole concept around keto green. And now I've had hundreds of thousands, if not millions of women around the world exposed to my keto green way. And so as we do the program. So my first book was the hormone fix. It's again, foundational reading. If you read nothing else from me, read the hormone fix. Yes. It's so good. Going to demonstrate. Here it is. If you're watching the hormone fix, look backwards. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so that's the hormone fix and it is, it's really powerful. And and then the Keto Green 16 came from that to make simple 16-day plans with uh, 16 foods and 16-hour um, intermittent fasting. So we pushed it to that. Yeah. And then sometimes clients will say, well, Dr. Anna, I'm, I'm doing this, but I'm stuck. I've hit a plateau or I'm not getting, you know, I'm like, I, I want to see even more results. And that's where I investigate. Well, what's going on? Let's, let's pause this. Let's pause that. Let's try this. Let's try that. And so Menu Pause was born. So great title, my editor, Marnie, she's like, okay, you know, I wanted to write the connection fix. And she's like, we want another cookbook. So we're brainstorming. And she's like, how about Menu Pause? I'm like, oh my God, I love, I love the title. It makes me laugh. It's fun. And so I played with the title and that's where these five plans, these five pauses were born from. And also one chapter towards the end of the book says, you know, pausing the things that no longer serve us. And that's an important pause too. So there's five different eating plans, each pausing something. One's more of an autoimmune protocol. So pausing nightshades, they all have a keto green base. One is a nose to tail. So more of a carnivorish plan. Another one's a plant-based plan and I actually have an order. I really start people on like in this um, going through, you can start anywhere, but starting with the keto green extreme, it's, it's to really decrease inflammatory foods and then going more plant-based for six days and supporting the gut microbiome and getting rid of constipation. If that's been a factor, sometimes people will get constipation when you're going keto green 
or keto or something. And so we have to heal the gut and the GI tract. And then I take away, you know, some of the plant-based foods because severe autoimmune conditions, intest, you know, intestinal issues, et cetera. We can benefit from a short time carnivore-ish plan. And it's a nose to tail plan. Delicious, seriously, my cardamom seared liver. I mean, don't roll your eyes. It is good. It is good stuff. It is good stuff. My daughter, who's 14, she was 13 when I was messing with the recipe. And she had two helpings. She had no idea it was liver. Guys, you're gonna have to try that. Yeah. I had yeah, a chef on actually. We talked all about liver. He's all about nose to tail eating. And um, he created a seasoning that's liver organ based, but or organ based ooh. in general. Um, I'll tell you about it in a minute. But yeah. Um, oh, you're definitely gonna have to share that, you know, in your show yeah. notes here too. I, yeah. I wanna know. But it, yeah. it's important. We used to eat nose to tail and then we didn't, you know, we were eating thyroid and adrenals and everything else, liver, heart. I mean, that's nutrients to our body. Now we're taking it and, you know, we're only getting it from a pharmacological approved process. There's a complete right. difference here, right? Yeah. A complete difference yeah. in the energy of that to help us. But yeah. another story. So, well, you know, from quantum physics and energy medicine, so, um, and then we go your high ketosis at that point after my carnivore-ish keto green, uh, my carb restricted plan. And so we put, I put you through a cleanse and I've, I've taken my whole girlfriend doctor club through this cleanse and they had amazing results, really amazing results. And also didn't feel hungry, which is key. You are drink eating food. You're drinking a liver gallbladder flash. You're, you know, really empowering your physiology through that. And, uh, it's good stuff. And then I do a carb up plan. Some people feel like you need actually, you know, sometimes I had to give back carbs to certain clients to help them overcome their plateau, some sweet potato, some, you know, rice, something, you know, additionally, more uh, root vegetables, things like that to really help them uh, break that plateau. So it's a beautiful process. And each day, time you learn a, something. And uh, the big thing is it's six days because our gastrointestinal mucosa uh, regenerates in 72 hours. So I did two 72 hour cycles to really kind of get a feel of like, how am I doing without, you know, in this pause, how does this feel? And the, the six days probably, probably um, a really good, really good point to look at that. And so the seventh day can be your feasting day, fasting day, resting day, you know, and exploration day. So, um, so yeah. Cool. I'm it's really great. Excited. It's a great book. It really is. Yeah. Plus it's color recipes, color photography, and then my sidebars of menopause around the world. Awesome. Um, so two questions. One, for those listening, the link to get the book will be in the show notes. And when is the release date? I know it's coming out. April 12, April 12. April 12. Okay. So, yeah. Um, There's pre-order so bonuses to get right away. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so it's out soon and this is going to be out next week, um, from over recording. So <laughs> it'll be before then. But, um, one question, cause I know this is in the, the notes around it. What, do you have any input on what causes the plateau? Cause this is something I see with a lot of my clients I've dealt with myself. Like I actually lost 30 pounds last year, but I'm just kind of hanging out <laughs> where I'm at. And not like I, I think I lost some of that. Like I feel I'm comfortable, but you know, I could lose some more weight to be a bit healthier in the grand scheme of things. So, and you're experience what's been the, at the root of some of that. I think it's because we're doing the same thing and our body creates yep. a resilience, just like working out in the gym and doing the same exercise. I mean, yep. you're, you get resistance to change. 
So you've accommodated, you've accustomed. And I think our microbiome, our gut bacteria is the same way. So my goal is to change things up, to challenge, create resilience, create some, you know, positive and, you know, negative charge to stimulate new growth and regeneration. And I think this is, that's the issue when it comes down to it. We get stuck in our ways, you know, and and I experience, it's so interesting because when I started doing some at carnivore, I'm like, ah, oh, great. I feel great doing this. And then in yoga, I started getting left toe pain. So that's typically gout. I'm like, what am I doing with, you know, it's a, a high, for me, metabolically based on my genetics was very much conserving, um, you know, becoming more insulin resistant and creating more uric acid. And so affecting my metabolism to slow down my metabolism. And I was gaining weight. I mean, bizarre craziness. And the work from David Perlmutter on his book, Drop Acid, it was like putting two and two together for me. So no wonder that happened, right? So we have to change what we're doing. We have to, um, there are seasons for a reason. And we sometimes aren't eating in season. We're eating the same thing. And I always joke, I said, don't tell me you're eating chicken salad for lunch because, you know, I was like, I don't even call them that diet food anymore. (laughs) It's keto green, but don't eat the same thing every day. Yeah. Yeah, No, I think that's really key and important and the variety. And so many women I know, you know, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, even we've been stuck in this world of like dieting, you know, for decades and Right. And it's really a lifestyle. We really have to create a lifestyle that suits us. And I get it because sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to be able to eat the bagels and the, you know, muffins. And my mom was a baker growing up. Oh, Black Forest cake. I mean, baklava, you know, harissi, all these great desserts, right? Yeah. Those are meant for feasting. It's not meant for every week. And so it's, it's a shift and we have to really honor our design And I think that's something that's been lost in our society of, you know, as much as you eat, you know, and anything you want at any time of the day or night, it's destructive. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of, lots of repair to be done in our relationship with food, but it's probably. You're right. another, Another conversation for another day. So. Dr. Anna, thank you so much for, this has been a lot of fun <laughs> conversation. It's awesome to be here with you today, Alex. Thank you for having yeah. me. Absolutely. Um, and real quick, where can women connect with you? I know you're the girlfriend doctor on most platforms, but. Yes. Uh, so yeah. the girlfrienddoctor.com or dranna.com works too, D-R-A-N-N-A.com. And so wherever you get your book, you can get it anywhere books are sold. We have pre-order bonuses back on my website and you'll have a link to that too in your show notes. So you can get the pre-order bonuses and pre-order because we even have a $20 gift card to the store, my store. So you can get started with some Mighty Maca or Keto Green or urine test strips. I mean, the goal is that we get this information out and stop the disinformation, disease causing information that's happening in our society. And as a physician, I'm very committed to this. Um, and so I'm at the girlfriend doctor on Instagram. Definitely follow me there too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you. And I look forward to reading your book. And so for all those listening, check the show notes because it's all there. Thank you for tuning in to Emerge, the health podcast for busy, high-performing women, where we provide you with the tools, information, and inspiration you need to transform from overwhelmed, overworked, and overweight to vibrant, energetic, and on fire. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and also leave us a review. 
Also, I don't want to be working with you on your health only once or twice a week. I want to be in this conversation and in the trenches with you every single day. I invite you to join me in the Emergent Women Community Group on Facebook for the chance to interact with me live once a week and even more information, inspiration, and motivation to transform your health and become the vibrant, energetic, and on-fire version of yourself we all know is under there. Until next time, remember to keep putting yourself first so that you can better serve the ones you love and the things you are passionate about. Mm -hmm.